0: netcasts you love from people you trust
1: this is twit
0: video bandwidth is provided by cashfly at c-a-c-h-e-f-l-y.com
1: This is The Social Hour, Episode 4 with Sarah Lane and Amber MacArthur, Recorded Saturday, April 16th, 2011. This episode of The Social Hour is brought to you by Carbonite. Backing up the files on your PC or Mac is safe and easy with Carbonite. For a free trial plus two free months with purchase, go to carbonite.com, offer code socialhour. And by squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free fourteen day trial, go to squarespace.com/socialhour and be sure to check out their annual plans for savings of up to twenty percent off. And by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at freshbooks.com. Welcome to episode four of the Social Hour in Petaluma, California. I'm Sarah Lane. And in Toronto,
0: Ontario, Canada, I am Amber MacArthur.
1: Amber, thanks so much for joining me on an odd day for the social hour. Uh, a A good day, but it's a Saturday for anyone who's watching us live. And that's not usually when we do the show.
0: No, we normally do it on Mondays. However, Sarah is lucky enough to be going to Maui, and I'm so jealous that uh, I'm excited to spend uh, one of your last hours in the U.S. until you take off to Maui Sunday morning. So uh, we have a lot of social news to cover, Sarah. It never ends.
1: No, it doesn't. You're right. Uh, I am also very glad that you were able to join me on um, a kind of a crazy, weird Saturday evening, I know you have stuff to do, so much appreciated. Clubbing, Sarah. Clubbing. Yeah, exactly. I know you have to club uh, sooner than later, so we'll just we'll try to keep the show short. But we actually um, we're in good hands because we have another person who has agreed to join us on a Saturday evening. This is Vipul Ved Prakash, who's the co-founder and CEO of Topsy, which you and I talked about somewhat briefly. I think in episode one of the social yeah. hour and we thought this is really cool. We should really have the topsy folks on someday to talk about the service so that they can explain it better than we ever could. Well, Vippo is here right now and he's with us via Skype from San Francisco. Vippo, welcome Hi. to the social hour.
2: Hi, Sarah. Neimer. Thanks for Welcome having me.
0: Welcome to the show. I have to tell you that right now I'm looking at Topsy and I'm getting very distracted because there's so many links that I want to click on. I'm just doing random searches. Uh, so uh, while I poke around, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the service. Uh, Sarah and I talked about it, like she mentioned on a past episode, uh, but just kind of set it up for us a little.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Topsy is actually a search engine that's built exclusively on information that is being shared on Twitter. So uh, a traditional search engine goes out and crawls the web to find uh, links to index, what we do is we just read the Twitter firehose and we look at what people are sharing and talking about and index that. Um, one of the interesting differences between Topsy and other search engines is that Topsy is completely real-time. So As soon as you uh, post a photo or a video um, on Twitter, it shows up on Topsy's next. And uh, the other very interesting thing that we do is we track how users are giving attention to each other on Twitter. So when you retweet somebody or you reply to somebody or you follow somebody, uh, you are giving them attention. And we track this uh, and we put it in a big social graph. And we figure out who is influential based on the attention that they're getting from people. So So, Vipo,
1: how do you... To, is, it, is it based on how many followers you have versus how many people you follow? Because obviously some celebrities have millions of followers but only follow 10 right. people. Would they be more influential?
2: Uh, it's actually based on uh, retweets and replies. So uh, when you write something, uh, you get attention by people interacting with that content. What we do is we track uh, that attention. So um, if uh, I wrote something and you retweeted me, uh, you are influential, that will actually give me more influence points. So uh, one thing.
0: So uh, Sorry, i was just going to jump in and say one thing I really like about the service is the trending items. I mean, that's been a big part of Twitter for a long time, just uh, different things that are trending on the service. But you have I've, a uh, trending links like the top 100, top 1K, uh, top 5K and top 20K. Uh, so I'm guessing this is based on the same premise of the more, most popular content from the most influential people.
2: Exactly. So these links are the links, if you look at the top 20K, those are uh, links that are becoming hot. In fact, they will, it's almost predictive that these links have been shared by influential people already uh, in a short amount of time, and they are going viral on Twitter. So it's a news feed that is being created uh, sometimes even before it becomes big news.
0: Very cool. Now, why do you think uh, people would want to use this versus using something from Google? I mean, most people are used to searching on Google, and Google does index uh, Twitter searches as well.
2: Right. So, um, it's uh, what, one of the things that we do very well is uh, we rank content within a certain time window. So, for example, run a search on uh, the term social hour on Topsy. And you will see that uh, we can extract the first link there.
0: <laughs> we're all doing this at the same time, you realize.
2: Yeah.: yeah.
1: <laughs> So the first link comes from Amber, uh, who had tweeted out recently that we were live on the social hour.
2: Right. And uh, this, on the left, you would see that the time frame that Topsy's picked showing this results is the last seven days. So this link was shared a couple of times in the last seven days. If you go to past one day, it's a day, you'll see that uh, there's a tweet from you about four hours ago.
0: Right? Oh, okay. About and one and even earlier, 40 minutes ago.
2: And one even earlier, 40 minutes ago. And if you click on this, uh, uh, what we're doing is displaying all the tweets about this link. So there are actually 46,000 tweets. About uh, uh, which I mentioned live or or TV.
1: right, because this is the link that that gets shared for a variety of shows over and over, so it's actually quite a high volume Correct. so we've got we've got several accounts here, the Tricaster that's a, um, a, a viewer based account. TwitLive is one of our internal accounts, so you can hover over it and get information. Um, uh, highly influential, although we're following a lot of folks based on you know who we're following. But I guess it's because we get retweeted a lot.
2: And, then, retweeted a
1: lot. and I'm noticing some uh, Twitter names of people that I know are are Twit Live um, uh, fans.
2: Right,
1: Vipul, how do you how do you get around? Um, spam on twitter uh twitter is really obviously they're they're diligent about killing spam accounts i know that when i whenever i find any spam account that i realize what they're doing i always report them that said there is a lot of spamming or just kind of link baity seo stuff going on on twitter that's got to be showing up in topsy's rankings what do you do about that
2: we actually do uh um you know Filtering spam is one of the big issues of uh, uh, reading this torrent of information that's coming in. Um, I actually think about 20% of it is spam uh, today. So the influence is really the key to figuring out what is spam. Uh, Influence is earned over a long period of time. Uh, When somebody retweets you, you get some influence points. And when you say something, uh, you spend some influence points. So people who are saying a lot of things And not getting attention, don't actually end up earning any influence points. And then the links that they are posting don't show up high in the rankings.
1: Interesting. So somebody has to earn ranking. Go ahead, Amber. Oh, yeah. I was just curious because, uh, you know,
0: we often review different uh, uh, ways to searches. I mean, there's lots of innovative uh, solutions that have come out, not necessarily to compete with Google, but to do something that is very sort of niche oriented. Uh, I'm just curious about how you plan to try to stay alive in the future because it is a very competitive market and it's hard to get people to shift their search habits because they're so comfortable usually, usually with one destination.
2: You know, um, we are doing multiple uh, things to get uh, uh, Topsy in front of users. One of the things that we're doing is uh, large sites, new sites like Huffington Post, uh, uh, Computer World, they're using Topsy results on their pages. So uh, they're distributing Topsy, uh, not on topsy.com, but using our API to distribute results elsewhere. And uh, uh, that's going to be um, sort of our big... uh, 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 a market strategy for uh, the next few years. The other thing is that the content is really shifting to social networks now. So uh, we are indexing about 10 million new links every day. Uh, There are uh, 6 billion links in the Topsy index. And this is just over the last uh, one and a half years. Uh, So the amount of content that is being generated and is being cited on Twitter is growing Uh, And it's going to take over the traditional uh, approach of finding content. So, we believe that most of the content is actually going to exist on the social web, and we have designed a system that uh, uh, works for it very well.
1: Football, I know the first article that I could come up with on the internet was almost two years ago to the day when Mm -hmm. I think Topsy became at least open to the public. So right. 2009, obviously there were a lot of Twitter users, but it was a much smaller business than it is now. Indeed. Um, and people were using it for different things. What what, what what are some of the challenges that you've had to face as a company where you're like, okay, this happened. We need to rethink our strategy. You know, I, I mean, have you had some setbacks based on the monumental growth of Twitter, which obviously your business is based around?
2: You know, um, the... It's a very different search architecture. So search has been designed uh, in this sort of batch process where you get a copy of the web, you process it, you make an index, and then you publish it. And uh, the amount of content that is uh, put in the index is very controlled. One of the challenges that we had to face when Twitter went from, uh, you know, a million tweets a day to uh, 20 million tweets a day is scalar systems. Uh, on the back end to uh, index all this content in real time. And, uh, uh, you know, we are, we've designed our search technology from scratch to, to do this. Uh, we run about 800 servers today on our back end to um, run our index. So there's been challenges of scale, uh, uh, which we had to tackle sooner than we had imagined. Uh, but it was part of our roadmap to do that, to, to build a web scale Retrieval system, you have to build large-scale systems.
1: Uh, One obvious question I have to ask um, is obviously Twitter isn't going anywhere soon, anytime soon. They they continue to grow. Um, I can think of situations where companies have built a business around Facebook, for example. I mean, you see this happening in other places beyond Twitter. Does Topsy plan to get into the Facebook market as well? Or do you find that Staying focused from within the Twitter API is the best idea.
2: Uh, Topsy is going to index all social content. Our our goal is that as soon as anything is published on the web, as soon as a user posts anything that is present, and if it's public information, that's present in the Topsy index. So uh, we plan to index blogging networks, Facebook, uh, uh, um, bookmarking networks, uh, and all sorts of new forms of uh, social sharing that's being created.
0: It reminds me a little bit of kind of a, a new age technorati. You know, the technorati was kind of all the rage when blogging was so popular. And this is just taking the, the uh, social realm and uh, making it searchable. Uh, last all question right. from me. I, I'm just curious if you've had any insight from anyone who works at Google or who's in the search business in terms of their feedback about topsy and kind of if they're keeping an eye on it, too. Uh,
2: yes. <laughs> I, a, uh, I guess it's in their best a-
1: interest to know. Who's doing stuff like this, right?
2: Yeah, it is. And I think uh, people in the search world understand that uh, uh, search is really about signal, about how to find uh, best content and uh, get rid of spam. And people in the search world realize that there is a large amount of signal that is being created on uh, the social web. And harnessing it will be important to search.
1: Well, very good answer. (laughs) uh, We thank you so much for being on the show with us and for taking time out of your Saturday to uh, call in and be on the social hour. Uh, Topsy is great. I've had a lot of fun just uh, clicking around and, you know, even some of my own vanity searches. I'm pulling up pictures that I didn't even know existed. They're certainly not showing up in my Google alert. So um, there's something to be said for real time search that is socially based that is giving you a unique result. So again, thanks for being on the show and have a wonderful Saturday evening. What Are you clubbing like Amber's going to be doing when we finish
0: the show? I'll be clubbing soon. You know, this is really cutting yeah. into my clubbing time, but Sarah's yeah very, uh, very good friend of mine. So I said I'd I think, be here.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. I think I'm going to go and play some hang people. All right.
0: All right, Bevel. Good, good choice. Good talking good to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. great. You know, it seems like you always get this feeling when you interview people and, and uh, you imagine that they're going to have a lot of success down the road. And I think this is one site, you know, who knows if it's going to look exactly the same as it does right now, but it's one site to kind of watch that, you know, could get gobbled up by Google or um, just be, uh, you know, a pretty popular destination in the not so distant future.
1: Yeah, I think, I feel as though, it's funny, when we talked about Topsy, I I think we both said, gosh, the name sure sounds familiar. They're obviously not brand new. They've been around for a while. I have a feeling that I've come across them before, but I never really had it explained to me. Um, And if you go to Topsy's site and you just, you know, you click through the team and the management and where everybody came from, it's like, I mean, they have a a real gangbuster team of folks. And that's a lot of work. I mean, it's yeah, they're building a, a search engine, and you know, it's. I think it's easy for people to say, "Oh gosh, it's just another alternative search engine." They're never going to be a Google, but I mean, Google's already experienced. Well, I'm I, I'm about to use Bing as an example, which is somewhat unfair because, of course, that's Microsoft. But things mm. things will uh, they evolve? I mean, that's sort of the nature of the internet. And social didn't used to be. The, the the behemoth that it is today. So I think it's important for us to watch these companies and learn something from the way that they're indexing content because even, yeah, if, even if Topsy doesn't become the next Google, it's still paving the way for whatever that social index ends up being. And it's interesting that you mentioned Technorati because you know at one point I would search Technorati all the time. Oh, me too. I was hooked on it. Whatever I mean Technorati, is that is it is there something
0: still a- They're still around, but um, I, I, you know, for me, I'm I'm just finding that it's not as um, relevant anymore, especially as we've gone into the social space. And and I would say that's one of the reasons that Topsy uh, really fascinates me is because the the reality is that Google in some ways has become increasingly irrelevant. You know, many of the search results that it spits out aren't necessarily things that I'm looking for. And Mm -hmm. so when I go to Topsy, because my community is so social, then it's actually spitting out information and and the type of content that I see and, and like all the time within my social community. So I think it's just an an interesting, uh, uh, path that they're going down and, uh, um, you know, I'll be, I'll definitely be using it and just trying it out because there's fun stuff too, like the photos and videos, and you can kind of just dive deeper into the real time social
1: web. Absolutely, want to remind everybody that the social hour is taping at a funny time today, but usually we tape on Monday uh, mornings uh, if you're Pacific time at 11 a.m. That's 2 p.m. Eastern, and if you want to visit us on the web, we're at twit.tv/tsh. That's where our shows are indexed. And that's where you can subscribe. Uh, It's really easy to just, you know, add it to iTunes. And then you can watch us or listen to us. We have audio and video feeds whenever you like. This is where you find our show notes as well. So if you miss something or you want to follow up on something that we may have talked about on the show, we have our show notes and links to um, services like Topsy and so forth um, on our website as well. And if you want to email us... We would love to hear from you, and I've really enjoyed um, reading some of your emails and, and listening to some of your voicemails as they start to come in. It's always fun to build a new show and and, and to start getting feedback. And by the way, oh, all yeah. of the positive feedback you guys have been giving us has been awesome. So thanks so much. If you want to write us, it's the social hour at twit.tv. And amber, before we go any farther, I want to talk about the dangers of data loss. Have you ever had an experience with losing data that was very dear to you? And yeah, it was a, a sad, a sad day.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, You know, you always think it won't happen to you, but then one day it does, Sarah, and it's a a traumatic thing that many of us uh, face as we rely increasingly on uh, our uh, computers to be able to store all of our great photos and videos and stuff that you really don't want to lose ever.
1: Exactly. That's why we have a solution, and it's called Carbonite. Anyone who watches Twit knows that we love Carbonite because it helps you back up your data and not have to worry about it. That You can back it up to a PC or a Mac Um, and it's safe, it's automatic. Carbonite, once you you hook it up, once you have your account set up, it'll back up your files automatically whenever you're connected to the internet. So you can just kind of, the, the whole idea with backing up data is peace of mind, right? What's nice about Carbonite is that Sometimes when you're backing up something to a cloud and you're using an external service, and all of a sudden it's gone beyond your computer, you worry: is it safe? It is safe with Carbonite because your files are encrypted before they leave your computer. Um, you know, hard drive failures—they happen. In fact, I've got a MacBook Pro that is on its last legs, and I'm positive that it won't be around much longer. You know, you you could get a virus. Your computer locally might, you know, just. The whole thing's a mess. Well, how are you going to access your data? If you've backed it up with carbonite, you're in good hands because you've already got it in that special place and carbonite's keeping it safe for you. And if you have a catastrophic problem, you've lost your data, Some, some time, it, you know, it's it's been – it dropped into a, a, a pool of water who knows amber's son gets a hold of her laptop and that's the last she'll ever see of it if she's this backed is up her possible. data right yeah and it <laughs> happens backed up your data with carbonite you never have to worry about it you can get your files back with just a few clicks because your files are backed up off site you can also access your files from any computer so if you're on your iphone or your blackberry or some computer far away from home you can access your data as well. So think about that. That is peace of mind if I ever heard of it. So if you back it up, you can get it back from wherever you are. I mean, it's the cloud as the cloud was intended to be. Unlimited backup for your PC or Mac is only 55 bucks a year, which is 15 cents a day. If you think about it, that's not very much to pay to feel safe with your data. You can also try it for free if you go to Carbonite.com and enter the offer code SOCIALHOUR. Uh, And if you decide to buy the service after the trial, you'll get two months free. (coughs) That's two people, two whole months. Back up your data and never worry about it again with Carbonite. We thank them so much for sponsoring our show today. It's a good little show. We like it anyway. Four episodes in. Amber, can you believe it?
0: I can't believe it. And the the problem is, is there's just so much content to talk about. You know, it's really hard to get everything into uh, one hour, but uh, we're doing it. And I love this next topic, Sarah. We haven't talked about this yet on the show. Uh, The uh, group buying craze, which uh, has been going on for a while now. I think it was Forbes magazine last year that called Groupon the fastest growing computer company of all time. Uh, I am hooked on the service. Uh, Living Social is another biggie. And uh, I love this link that you sent uh, along about uh, Living Social um with a $2.9 billion valuation, $50 million a month in revenue. Uh Groupon is obviously even bigger than that. So mm-hmm. it just shows you how how popular this uh type of service is today.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. These Living Social numbers kind of got leaked. Um, they ended up on TechCrunch uh because Living Social ended up acquiring another company called Social Media. And between the two companies, they were disclosing numbers to each other and well, some of those numbers got out, but what's crazy is what you mentioned, the 15 million in revenue per month for Living Social. Now, everyone knows Groupon. We were we're used to it's Groupon is sort of that model that worked, mm. you know, they turned down the billion, you know, billions of dollars offer from Google. And I've used Groupon. I wouldn't say I'm a daily user of it, but I am a user. And then there's Living Social, which I've actually I see more social um, buzz about Living Social maybe because they have more deals that are locally based in San Francisco that appeal to yeah. more of the, the friends that I have. But I, yeah, see, I think it depends
0: where you live, right? Like, I mean, Groupon is more popular in Toronto than Living Social, but it just depends where the services have kind of popped up and done deals in your town.
1: Right, and I think it obviously no coupon site. I mean, these are coupons. It's just sort of a... a, a a technical take on on the idea of clipping coupons and then going to a restaurant and getting 50% off or whatever. No coupon is worth anything unless it's a service that you would want to use anyway that it gives you a reason to save a few bucks. Although I think, and Amber, I, I mean, let me know how you feel about this whole thing because I would never call sites like this a scam in any way, but they do trick you a little bit because there might be a restaurant that I'm sort of eh about, maybe it's down the street from me. But there's a Groupon or a Living Social or a variety of other. I mean, these definitely aren't the only two. They're just the two biggest, I guess, right now. They're offering me some sort of a deal. I can only buy it today. I have 24 hours to buy. And maybe I will because then that restaurant that I don't like that much is half the price. But I don't really like it that much. I mean, it's sort of like when a dress goes enticing. on sale and you buy it, but you don't really want it. You just, it's hard to say no because it's a sale.
0: You know what? My biggest beef with these services and trust me, I love them and I recommend a lot of companies use them. I have a little tea shop down the street for me in Toronto and uh, I know the owner well and she did a Groupon deal because she was a new business and literally she had 1,200 people buy that deal and that's 1,200 new people who could potentially come through her door. So it was really worthwhile for her and for I think a lot of businesses out there. As a user, my only complaint is that uh, the deals are so good, just like you said. And the problem that I have is that sometimes I'll never use them. So for example, just while you were chatting, I went into my Groupon account and uh, found out that I had just bought this deal to buy this beautiful big canvas. You know, you can get a photo on a canvas for, you know, 75% off or something like that. And it expired because I just didn't use it. And so that's the only issue I have with the Groupon deals is that some of them expire too quickly and you just don't get a chance to take advantage of them. And uh, there's a lot of people, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a lot of people who don't use them at all. And it's just money getting flushed into those companies and to the, the uh, group buying companies as well.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I and I and I I assume that all of these companies they know that there's going to be a certain percent of people who oh, never yeah. actually buy into they buy into it but they don't actually use it. I mean, it's sort of like newspaper subscriptions, you know? it's yeah. it's always hard to cancel that sort of thing or gym memberships. It's like there's a certain amount of of money that you're going to get in that's sort of a waste. And I know that there have been some businesses who have written, I mean, some, uh, especially small businesses, have been really vocal about, you know, I signed up for a deal with Groupon. It did not go well. Here's why. Because they Mm -hmm. end up, um, you know, losing money in inventory. So it's an an interesting model because these sites uh, rely so much on regional sales teams you, know, you said toronto groupon's bigger than living social obviously they have a bigger presence with businesses in toronto so they have to uh, create these one-on-one relationships with the business and say okay, here's what our deal is here's what you know you have to you're gonna sell these cookies for this price we're gonna take a cut but you'll sell so many more cookies well if that restaurant or that bakery doesn't um you know, if they don't come at it in the right way, maybe they're always out of cookies. Their customers are upset. It's, it, you know, or if if a word of mouth deal, for example, there was a living social deal that went around my Twitter rounds for um, Pilates. Um, this particular Pilates studio, I mean, I, they're going to have to give away so much free Pilates. It's like, I mean, it's not necessarily... A good thing. I mean, it is if we're all going to be repeat customers. But it's again, it's like depending on the business itself. How many of us really are are going to give them that money back in subsequent Pilates visits? Maybe yeah, and not a lot of small many. businesses they
0: can't, you know, they can't handle the demand. I mean, that's another, that's always an issue too. And, um, there's just too many people buying the coupon. So I think, I think that you have to, my advice would be you have to approach these group buying deals of your business with caution in the sense that I think they can work really well, but it depends on the business that you run. It also depends on the kind of stuff you're selling and uh, if you're able to keep up with demand. So a few things to just think about just to go, instead of just jumping into it, just kind of plan out what you're going to do and make sure that you're going to, you're going to participate in a smart way so that you don't you know, screw up the customers as far as uh, wasting their money, and uh, also so you're able to manage the 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 quantity of people coming through your doors. So, um, if you do that, I think they can be a, a good fit.
1: Totally agree. We got an email from Chris who said, "Hey, I like design. I like social, and I found a site that does both very well. Have you guys ever heard of Dribble.com? And this is Dribble like." like dribbling a basketball with three Bs. So it's one of those funny spellings again. He says, a few of my design peeps on Twitter clued me into their site. You join the site, and then you get drafted to be a player. It's cool, and maybe, you know, it's a, it's a good mention for your show. So I uh, I checked out Dribble, and it is, I mean, it sure looks nice. The idea behind Dribble is pretty cool. It's, it's almost like... Um, well, I, I guess you could you could think of it as a cool hunting or a or a found where people uh, submit or, or even I guess even like a like a Flickr group where people submit um, almost like design samples and other people mm. kind of vote them up or down or say that they like them. For example, okay, so this is um, something that's a that's a in the popular area. So it looks like somebody has put together and I, and i believe i don't think any of these are actually um i think that they're, they're all digital they're all for the web uh, designed for like a submit area so you, you know you enter your mm. username and password but it looks pretty i mean it almost looks a look, looks like a wedding invitation so i could like this i could tweet it out um there's a permalink obviously there are tags involved um there's an instagram tag i'm not sure if the, I, I i can't imagine that this originated on instagram but who knows and then there's a lot of responses from people who, um, if you if you spend some time on Dribble, very positive stuff because these are people who are interested in design. Um, I assume that there's a lot of talking going behind the scenes. I mean, this particular person, Eddie Wilson, has uh, if you click into Eddie's profile, there's a lot of work that Eddie's done. Um, he has fifty-seven shots and eighty-three likes, and clearly very talented. So I think it's it's one of these places that Amber, you you might know more about a, what dribble can offer folks than I do because I'm so not much of a designer. I can appreciate this.
0: I think, I mean, for me, it just, I love that their tagline talks about it as being a site for show and tell. So for creative show and tell. So with so many people in the design industry working in isolation, you know, there's so many freelancers. It's a really great resource if you're working on a project to be able to take a shot of what you're doing and then share it with other people in a creative environment to find out what they think of it, if it's become popular and just get a name for yourself out there within that community. So So from that perspective, I think that's where it really clicks. And it's just a, it's a really pretty site. I mean, obviously it's done by (laughs) creative people (laughs) and uh, they did a nice job of it. It's a lot of fun. And I never heard of it before we got this email from uh, Chris. So uh, thank you so much for sending that along.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Chris. It's great. I I mean, if you want to, if you want to check out some amazing work um, and get inspiration, maybe if you see something that you just, it's going to be perfect for your next project, now you've got a you've got a line in to this designer that you'd like to work with. Um, just a quick note: you wonder why it's called Dribble with three B's? Probably because Dribble with you know the way it's normally spelled wasn't available. But they also have kind of a cool way that that you can interact with the site. For example, I could submit uh, some artwork um, or graphic design or something that I'm proud of. You know, like something along the lines of this really awesome cassette tape icon here. It looks really cool. Well, if I get enough likes. I can then kind of go into it's almost like I go into like a draft. And mm. then if I get drafted, then I become a rookie player. And so it's sort of like it rewards people. You go from rookie to prospect and then you get into the all-star area, which is, you know, these really, really popular people who who have, who have who have earned their places. You know, this Dan Cederholm, for example, who lives in Massachusetts. I mean, he's like he's he's a big guy. He's also simple bits on Twitter. I checked him out. He's he has a lot of followers. I don't know him, but um, he obviously knows what he's doing. So Dribble has, they've, they've thought of a creative way to use a concept that we're all very familiar with, where it's like vote things up enough, then they get featured. If they're featured, um, if a person's featured enough times, uh, then they kind of get into elite status. But it's a creative way to, to play off of their name.
0: So, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. It, it also leads us nicely into our, our next sponsor for the show. I believe that they're a sponsor for this episode. Oh,
1: they sure Talk, are.
0: Uh, good design because there's no better place to design a website than uh, Squarespace.
1: It's true, Amber. Squarespace.com, it's the, it's the only blog engine that I will use. I refuse to use any others because Squarespace is just the best. Um, Leo and I were just talking about how I don't have any design skills at all. Zero. Um, I've tried and I'm now um, – I'm old enough to be able to admit that I'm just not – that's just not my thing. But it but it doesn't have to be with Squarespace because when you sign up for Squarespace – and by the way, uh, you can get a 14-day free trial where you don't even have to enter your credit card or anything. That's part of our deal here. If you go to squarespace.com slash social hour, that's our special, our special URL for us. Um, but the idea is, is that you go to squarespace.com and you click on the examples page. So that's what I'm browsing right now. And as you can see, I mean, none of this stuff looks like anything else. So let's say I just want to go into the Altitude Design Summit. So this is an example of a Squarespace blog. And I say blog, but Squarespace is a lot more than that because you can c- create... I mean, this doesn't even really look like a blog, right? I mean, it's this is, this is just a really nicely designed website. You have Twitter widgets and Flickr widgets you can create. Forums, uh, forms as well. So I have a contact form at saralane.com where people don't have to like try to guess what my email is. They can just write me from right within uh, my website. Uh, that's very helpful. Their statistics are out of this world, um, and I really mean that. I, I've never been able to um, get a better sense of who's coming to my blog, where they came from, um, what they might be hanging out on. It gives me a really good sense of. What content of mine is um, is popular versus stuff that really isn't. Uh, Squarespace is great. Again, you get a free 14-day trial. Well, this video isn't playing very well, but you've probably seen this video before if you're a Twit fan. Oh, I see. it had to load. Um, free 14-day trial. If you go to squarespace.com slash social hour, it is the best. Customize your heart's content, but you don't have to know anything. You can be Clueless. You could have never set up a blog before, and I promise you, you won't be lost. By the way, if you do get lost, their customer support is awesome. I have asked them many a question in the last few years that I've worked with them, and I always get an answer in well less than a day and sometimes within minutes. And they're always really nice, and they never judge me for asking stupid things. Squarespace.com, <laughs> we, we love them. We thank them for supporting the show. It, uh, it is a, uh, a marriage made in harmony or something like that. I don't actually think that that's a term, but you get you get the okay. idea. Yeah. So we get, the, we get the point. You get the point. So uh thanks Squarespace, we love you. Uh, what do we have next? I think we have another email, don't we?
0: Maybe we should jump uh, to the uh, power of Facebook story because I love this. And I mean, Facebook has been uh, such an amazing platform for people out there, whether they want to promote a brand or they want to raise money for a great cause. And I guess this is an email that we got from Kathy where she has uh, shared a story about the power of Facebook to spread the word about a stolen scooter um, that got found. Uh, but uh, as far as you can tell from the page, it is called Scooters for Hooters and it has turned into uh, a fundraising event now to help women in Florida be able to pay for mammograms uh, in the fight against uh, breast cancer. So uh, about a thousand people liking the page right now and uh, this is just one of, I mean, there are... Thousands, if not tens of thousands, of stories about how people have used these platforms for free to be able to do good out there.
1: It's true. You know, this is the uh, Scooters for Hooter story was interesting because we had gotten an email that uh, hey, you guys should read the story. It's this 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 wonderful cause, a group of women in Florida who um, who ride for for a cure, and somebody had had her scooter stolen, and so she went to the the her Facebook page and said. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, here's what it looks like. Uh, this is a horrible tragedy. I need it. I mean, I'm doing good work here. There's a lot of followers, you know, in the in this particular Facebook community, and I, I mean, I guess a lot of people were on the case, and they ended up finding the scooter and apprehending the thief. And I mean, they've even got pictures. It's down here somewhere of uh, of the guy who who took who made off with the scooter, oh, getting yeah. apprehended. They post a lot of stuff. So it's probably buried at this point. Um, but, you know, Amber, I don't know if you have come across any stories that are like, oh, you know, th- these Facebook page heartwarming stories. But there was actually a family friend um, of of my family's who has um, early onset dementia and has for years. And, oh, this is about a year ago, maybe a little bit more now, had wandered off and was missing for days Uh, and you know, he's, he's not an old man, but he's not young either. And people were really worried about him. This was local. It was down in San Jose and it was on all the news programs and they had sniffer dogs searching parks and, and, um, his uh, son-in-law had put together a Facebook page and which obviously in this case is so much better than a Facebook group because it's public, you know, and he Mm -hmm. wanted to spread the word and he wanted as many people to join it as possible. And they were doing hourly updates and some of it was... Um, here's the latest or we have a lead and some of it was just let's keep up positive energy and it was a way for people to to wow. write nice things to the family who was going through a really hard time and that it was like a there was a real two-way street going on where they could they could spread the word and and it was it was really like an amber alert of sorts um mm-hmm. not you know haha but uh you know what i mean by that. <laughs> but but um but at the same time they were getting a lot out of it as well and he was eventually found he was okay so the story ends well and the nice thing about a facebook group is for something like Scooters for Hooters, which is an organization that is ongoing, um, mm-hmm. obviously they they can continue to get as much out of their page as they put into it. For this particular page, this this my story it was kind of like when it was over it was over and there there was no need to keep up on the page because it was intended for a specific purpose and it served its purpose and then everyone moved on so it was neat you know it's it's sometimes it's it's easy to kind of go oh facebook or oh twitter there you know it's just a bunch of noise and it isn't always a bunch of noise. Sometimes No, there's
0: so many great stories. In fact, I every time I uh, do any type of meeting with any companies who want to figure out a way to get more people coming to their Facebook page, I mean, some, some brands, I think, think that people are just going to like them because, you know, they just should. Um, but I always recommend, and I'm seeing this tactic a lot, Sarah, where companies say that if you like their page, then they're going to donate a dollar to fight breast cancer. They're going to donate a dollar to some other cause. And in my mind, you know, companies coming out there in the, the social space and doing social good, that's one of the best... Best ways to get people to kind of believe in your brand and be able to want to to like you on Facebook and these other sites. So the more stuff like that that is uh, going on, I think the better. Um, I'm a huge fan of that approach with uh, trying to generate uh, a bigger audience on your Facebook page.
1: Totally agree, um, Amber. I know that you have things to do later, so while being Sarah, you- don't don't beat around the bush. Yeah, I it's know clubbing. that you have to club. It's your Saturday night, date night, and you guys go clubbing, you know, with the black lights yeah. and the, you know, your ravers. Yeah. Let, yeah, let's just ravers. get it out there. It, you there's know? younger
0: kids there, but they don't mind. You
1: know, we keep an eye on them. So <laughs> but- I want to talk about, before we go, I want to talk about Hashable. But before we talk about Hashable, there's no way that we can have a show uh, called The Social Hour without also talking about fresh books because Amber is the socialist socialist without being a socialist a canadian <laughs> i am in canada so it could living, be a socialist right <laughs> and you do a lot of i mean you're all over the place you you have your own production company you obviously work with twit you're on the speaking circuit you're all over the world at any given time and i assume that you're probably filling out a lot of invoices am i right
0: Yes, Sarah. And uh, thanks to FreshBooks, I've been using FreshBooks for a really long time. They have uh, taken the pain out of invoicing for me. So it has made me love invoicing. It does say that on their homepage. And I think that's entirely true. I actually love sending invoices now. And it was something I absolutely hated to do. It was like doing taxes. And not only does it help you manage the process of sending invoices, you can also uh, get paid on FreshBooks. Uh, There's uh, 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 electronic payment forms. And you can also track your expenses on FreshBooks which is really handy. And the best thing of all for me is that at the end of the year when it comes to tax time and I need a way to go to my accountant and say this is how much I've made and how much I've invoiced for and who still owes me money, I can literally just give him access to FreshBooks. He can go in take a look at it and it's all there. It's super neat. I mean, it, you just give the impression that you are so organized. For any entrepreneur or even small or medium-sized businesses out there who want a better way to organize their invoices, you will not regret joining FreshBooks. I've been a fan forever and uh, absolutely love what they do you?
1: You can have companies, your clients, uh, send you money via credit card, PayPal. I mean, they make it really easy for you to get paid, which of course... When, you, when you've <laughs> got a lot of companies you're working with and you're juggling everything, that's the most important thing. And you don't want to be bugging them. And you don't want to be that guy who's like, where's my money? It's like FreshBooks can just handle everything for you and keep things professional. There's also an iPhone app if you're on the go a lot and you want FreshBooks to be able to track your time. You can bill by the hour. I mean, you've got all sorts of options. Um, over two million users use FreshBooks, and they've been around since 2004. So, I mean, they've had time to work out the kinks. They know what they're doing. If you yeah. want to try out FreshBooks free today, for up to three of your clients, by the way, if you only have three, if you have three clients or less, which applies to probably a lot of you, you can use FreshBooks free, You never have to pay a dime. Also, if you want. Um, I mentioned PayPal and all the online payments. If you need or want to to use the U.S. Postal Service or any other snail mail, whatever, you can do that. FreshBooks understands that some people just prefer to lick a stamp, put it in the mailbox. That's okay, too. They will set you up however you want to use them. All you have to do is go to FreshBooks.com and sign up. Check it out. Three clients or less for free. and awesome. Really affordable pricing otherwise. So, we thank Fresh Books, as always, for being part of the social hour. Before we, uh, uh, <laughs> Amber, I don't know if you noticed that I, um, I um, decided to make a name for this next segment. It's, oh, it's really why? lame. I do, well, you know how there's like hot or not, or try or buy, or buy or dump, or, you know, there's all, it's like the yes or the no. Of, of many That's services. The, I didn't even notice it. The fly or fade. Fly or fade was what I decided to... This was... I think I could do better if I tried harder next time, but I thought, well, what's a good way to brand a segment where we're talking about a new service and we don't know if it's going to fly or if it's just going to fade away? What and, about rad or fad? Ooh, I like rad or fad. Because, yeah, because rad would be it's, awesome. it's staying power and FAD is, we won't be even talking about this in it's two weeks. It's just having
0: a spike in popularity. And the service we're talking about
1: is Hashable. And I should say
0: that Leo and I did talk about this on Net at Night um, a few episodes ago and we were trying to get the founder on the show and uh, unfortunately he didn't show up. He was running between meetings and it just didn't work out for us. I use Hashable. I know Sarah does too. It's basically a service that uh, is encouraging people to get rid of the business card. So when you meet someone, you can easily uh, sync up with them on Twitter by using a hashtag and And uh, sending out a message on Hashable that will be sent publicly to Twitter if you choose to, or it can be sent via email. And then you can go into your Hashable uh, dashboard and and see who you've met and see where you met them and just kind of keep track of all of the people who you have been introduced to. And you can also make introductions, which is kind of fun. I'm going to keep this one kind of short as far as what I think of it. I love the service. I love the premise of the service. I have yet to be able to uh, get into uh, a regular habit of using it. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't seem like it's coming as quickly as I would like it to. uh, But I love the concept of getting rid of business cards and being able to do introductions in an easier way.
1: I totally agree. I mean, when I first saw Hashable, uh, it came across... um I think actually someone had invited me, and so I got a tweet from Hashable themselves saying, congratulations, you can try the service out. And so, of course, I try anything. And, um... I immediately what I always do when I'm not familiar with the services I I look for the latest articles about them online and it's pretty mixed there was a not very flattering article written about Hashable recently as well as a flattering so I mean and they're relatively new I think they launched just before South by Southwest hmm. what I love about the the service I love the idea because business cards are, even though some of them are very nice and, you know, they're nice lettering and I could make an American psycho joke right now, but I won't. But business cards are, to me, totally useless. I don't want to get them because I'll lose them or I'll put them in my purse and, like, my eyeliner will get all over someone's business card. And it's just because it's just I don't have a good way to keep physical, yeah. you know, it's physical media really like that anymore, and they're just a nuisance, and I prefer to have everything online somewhere. I wonder about Hashable because, you know, you mentioned that you you wonder why it hasn't kind of taken off uh, more, th- this idea of connecting with others, which of course is very important online because so many of us aren't in the same room with each other regularly, um, but, but is it because... People have so many other ways of pinging each other. I, I wonder if there's a bit of like a fatigue that goes on with uh, the idea of, yeah, another way to connect. It's kind of like, well, don't we have LinkedIn for this? That was actually my first thought was, how is this different from LinkedIn? Because LinkedIn I consider very professional. You know, I meet somebody and then we can become LinkedIn friends because we may be colleagues or or, or want to do business together uh, later on. But – well. It's definitely, I mean, it's definitely
0: uh, once you start using it, I think you like the experience, but I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, all of these things just take time and it needs some type of uh, adoption. And then they have that tipping point where enough people use it and then everybody's curious about it and then they start using it. And uh, so I think this is kind of one to watch. I don't know if I'm I, I'm ready to label it as a as rat or fat or fly or fade yet, but uh, <laughs> I think uh, it's it's one to watch and uh, it'll be fun. And hopefully we can get the the founder on the show because he did promise that he would come on at some point. And just tell us a little bit more and give us some insight into their plans for the future. I That'd be say, awesome.
1: yeah. Okay, so let's say that we will um, eventually we'll talk to the founder of Hashable. We'll get a much better sense, kind of like how we did with Topsy today. Get a much better sense of how well Hashable works. We don't have to say if it's rad or fad when we're talking to uh, w- during our interview. We'll decide
0: afterwards. But then we'll, yes, <laughs> no pressure, we'll, be, we'll be gracious
1: hosts and then we'll decide that it's either rad or a fad.
0: Um, And Sarah, before we go, I I know that I do have to get clubbing, but uh, before (laughs) we go, um, I wanted to say that the next story, we're not going to talk about it. Um, However, if it's cool with you for when you get back to Maui, I'm actually uh, pretty good friends with Matthew Ingram of Giga Om, and uh, and, uh, he had uh, just tweeted about this, where uh, two popular soap operas have been canceled just this week, All My Children and One Life to Live. And uh, he had put this this idea out here that uh, uh, wonders if Facebook and Zynga have uh, replaced it because that population who normally watches soap operas are now playing Farmville and doing other things online so uh, everybody who's listening or watching just uh, keep that thought in your mind and just to tease stuff for next week if you're cool Sarah I'll try to get Matthew to come on and talk about it because he's just fantastic and he's been on the show before too
1: that's great uh, I don't know Matthew but we're Instagram friends and I love uh, his work at GigaOM one, yeah. I read everything that he does and I, I saw this tweet as well and I thought to myself you know because I had kind of joked uh, with some of my friends like oh I remember when we were kids after school watching All My Children or Days of Our Lives or, you know, we used to watch soap operas because we were home in the afternoon. And I think his point is possibly a really good one, but I bet people have differing opinions. So it would be Mm. great. um, Yeah, we'll get them. Yeah, to, to if you guys want to email us again the social hour at twit.tv or um if you just want to hashtag the social hour on Twitter, that'd be another good way for us to be able to get some of your feedback. But let us know. Let us know what you think about that idea because I think Matthew's on to something.
0: I and think so too. I
1: think it's going to apply to a lot of other things as well. Amber, I know you have to get going. So I'm gonna, Hubbing, Sarah. I, I'm gonna let <laughs> I'm clubbing
0: let, waits for no clubber,
1: right? I'm gonna let you go clubbing. I bet you have a really cool like rubber outfit with platform. Oh yeah, shoes. fake eyelashes. Yeah. I'll,
0: I'll tweet something later on if I'm feeling up to it. If I'm not, just to understand that it was a late night and yeah, it's just um, a real underground
1: have, kind um, of a place.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's sort of part of my personality. I don't want to share all that often.
1: No, totally understood. I mean, even though we're social people, we still have our private lives as well. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right, all right, Amber, right we'll, Have th- a great time in Maui Thank you so much um, Just a reminder that we will We'll show this episode at our regular time on Monday For anybody who's not able to watch live They can still watch this episode at 11am Pacific, 2pm Eastern Next Monday, the following Monday A brand new episode will be episode 5 I'll be on vacation next week um, And Amber, I will see you soon And have a great weekend Alright, thanks everyone for listening Bye-bye. Bye bye